it's spring. Spring love is in the air. We just finished our relationship series. We had, had a significant wedding yesterday. Man, life is good. And we're speaking on pride this morning. What an awesome subject to speak on. So if you got your Bible, let's go to Proverbs chapter 16. And we're going to dive straight into it. How, how many know we could be f- more full of pride than we know? Oh, well, uh, more than we choose to acknowledge at least. But, but I, I'm really believing God's light is going to shine upon us and that we're going to see things that we might not have noticed before. Because you know, when it comes to pride, we struggle to see it in ourselves. We see it in other people all the time, but we struggle to see it in ourselves. And, and we need mirrors. And when it comes to the Word of God, what the Word of God is, it's a mirror. Uh, but it just doesn't show us one aspect of our life. It shows us all of our life. It's a, a, a 3D mirror. It shows us uh, also our inside, what's going on, on the inside, what's going on, on the outside. You know, how many know you can look in the mirror and go, man, I look good. Because uh, you're sucking it in and because it's only one angle. But if you get a photo that's taken from a, another angle, you go, ooh, do I really look like that? I never thought I looked like that. And, but the other angle gives you a better perspective on what people see. Because how many know they just don't see a part? They see everything about your life. So let's go to the Bible. We're going to look into the mirror. You ready to look into the mirror? Here we go. It says, The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. Uh, Detest is a strong word. Uh, That's a a big word. And here the Bible is saying that God detests the proud. He's saying, that's ugly. I don't even want to look at that. That's how God feels about pride. Proverbs 16, 18, a few verses down, it says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Many of us know this verse. Pride goes before a fall, we often say. I like how Proverbs, uh, the message version puts it. It says, first pride, first pride, then the crash. Uh, The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. First pride then the crash. The bigger the ego, the harder the fall. I, I like what my wife says, don't let your ego be your amigo. Don't let your ego be your amigo. Let, in, in fact, she went to a gym once and it said, leave your ego at the door. Because you're not going to grow, you're not going to go forward while you maintain having an ego. Uh, James chapter 4 verse 6, it says, but he gives us more grace. That's why the scripture says, God opposes the proud. He opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Here's the deal. When we're proud, God's on the opposing team. You know, it's, it's not like, you know, we're Tonga and the All Blacks. You know, it's a little bit, oh, do I bring that up? But, uh, but, but, but it's, it's, it's like God's on the opposing team and he's more than a force than the All Blacks. And he says, God opposes the proud. So when we've got pride in our heart, our opposition is not the devil. <laughs> our opposition is actually God because God opposes the proud but gives 
grace or favor to the humble. Now, now many people think, oh, pride is not that big a sin, but I want to challenge you. It's the root of all sin. See, many people see it as a weakness that they need to manage. Oh, well, you know, I'm not that proud. I just got a little bit of pride. You know, I'm not that full of myself. You know, I'm not as full of myself as they are. But, you know, and and we think, well, it's all right. I'll, I'll just manage it. And we don't really see it as a sin that God detests. That, that God opposes. You know, pride is how the devil became the devil. And in fact, we're going to unpack that tonight. Pride is how the devil became the devil. And, and pride has the ability to destroy yours and my life. And when pride is present, humility is absent. I'll say that again. When pride is present, humility is absent. You know, it's like you're either one or the other. It's not like you're someplace in between. You're either proud or you're humble. You know, the light switch is either on or it's off. You know, it's a, are you either humble or you're proud? Humble, proud. Humble, proud. And it's not like you're something in between because many of us think, well, I'm just in between. I'm not that humble, but I'm not that proud. But, but if you're not humble, you're, you're proud. And if you're proud, you're not humble. It, it, it's one or the other. And, and we've got to see that, that in our life. So, so what are we? Are we proud or are we humble? Now, now, just quickly, two definitions. I, I want to give you two definitions, one on pride and one on humility. Number one, pride is simply independence from God. Pride is simply independence from God. Very simple definition. When we live our lives independent from God, we're not acknowledging the truth about our life. We need God. Pride is independence from God. Humility, simple definition, is humility is simply agreeing with God. It's agreeing with God. It's agreeing what He says. It's agreeing that, that, that He knows better. It's agreeing with the fact that He created us, He formed us, He fashioned us, and He's made us for a purpose. It's agreeing that, that, that we're awesome. How many know you're awesome? The Bible says that, just in case you didn't know. The Bible says that we are fearfully and we are wonderfully made. And so when we don't think we're awesome, you know, it's almost like we're not, we're not being humble. Some of you are going, oh, I don't get that. I thought that was pride. No, no, but humility is agreeing with God. How many know if God's called you to do something big, the most humble response is to actually agree with God? And many people have a wrong definition of humility. They think humility is I'm a worm, I'm a nobody, I can't do anything. And, and, and they live in insecurity and, it's, and they mask it, they put on the mask and present it as humility. But in essence, our insecurity is simply pride. Because when you've got God on your side, you know, when you know that God's made you, chosen you, you know, that, that you're not an accident, those, those insecure feelings can't remain. And, and humility is, is agreeing with God. Now, now, the reason why faith is such a big deal in the Bible and in our relationship with God is, is because it, it takes humility. You know, it, it goes against the, the current of pride. 
And, and I just want to quickly talk on the, the whole faith element. Because when we don't live in faith, we rely on our own strength. Uh, uh, we, 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 we lean on our own resources. And, and that's why well, it's impossible to please God without faith. And I, and I want to say, you know, right now, if you're not in the middle of a faith venture, could it be, as a result, could it be because there's an element of pride in your life? See, see, God's called us to live in faith. Uh, you know, we live in this health and safety crazy world. And how many get frustrated a little bit by health and safety? It's like where one random act, one anomaly, you know, happens. The next minute, they're, they're, they're giving a blanket policy. It was a, a freak accident, but now there's a blanket policy to, to, to guard, to safeguard it never happening again. You know, that stops kids playing in playgrounds. You know, today, you can't even take doggy bags away from restaurants because oh, there's a liability today. You know, I was thinking, well, if that food goes off and they eat that food and uh, then they get sick from it, we're going to be liable. And so, so, so there's, there's restrictions that it used to be that we had freedom where, where the health and safety in our world is actually restricting a whole lot. In fact, today, we live in a, a risk-adverse world. Uh, the world around us is becoming more and more risk adverse where we have to control our environments and where all the life, the joy gets sucked out of it. You know, in fact, there, there's so much paperwork just to do with health and safety. As I, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm into protecting people and I know these things. You know, I just want to clarify that. Uh, but, 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 you know, there's, there's an element where this has gone overboard. You know, it's gone so overboard. I read a few years back about two UK police officers. You know, a lady had fallen into the Thames, and uh, they didn't jump in to save her because they hadn't done their water safety program. And they needed to do the water safety program to actually save the life, which is just stupid. You know, today, you know, in a lot of places, you're having to outline the obvious. It's obvious, like signs that say, hey, don't do that. It's like, that's obvious. That's, that's just common sense. But as the saying goes, common sense isn't that common. Uh, when it comes to the kingdom, the life that, that God's called you and I to live, how many know it doesn't come by observation? And in fact, that's what Jesus said. And quickly, let's go to just Luke chapter 17, uh, because this is how the kingdom comes. Come on, how many want the kingdom of God? On display in their world, it says, it says this. Now, when he, uh, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Now, now I'm glad we're part of a church that wants to do something. Come on, we're, we don't want to just talk about having a global impact. We want to have a global impact. Come on, we just don't want to talk about reaching our city when we want to reach our city. Uh, we, we don't just want to sit back and observe people changing the world. We want to be part of it. Is there anybody here who says a yes and amen to that? It says the kingdom of God does not come through observation. You know, nor will they say, see here, see there. For in, Indeed, the kingdom of God is where it is. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's in you. It, it, it's in you. In other words... If it's not in you, nothing around you, no sign will be able to convince you. 
So, some of you are right now looking for a sign to take a step of faith. Uh, here's what I want to say. You have what you need in you. Well, what if I get it wrong? What if I fail? Yeah, the kingdom of God works when we're prepared to risk failure. The kingdom of God works when we're prepared to risk reputation. The kingdom of God works when we put our pride on the line. So until you put your pride on the line, you're going to miss what God has for you. This whole thing of faith and risk is, is so important. It's how we connect with God. And, and in fact, God says, until you, Jesus said, until you're prepared to lose your life, you'll never find your life. See, why you hold on and, and try and maintain your reputation and maintain what you put your security in, You'll never discover what God has for you. This, this life that God's called each and every one of us to involves a whole lot of risk. I, I like what Leo Vichelli, he says, he says, to, lask, uh, to laugh, I should say, to laugh is risk being a fool. To weep is to risk appearing sentimental. To reach out to another is to risk involvement. To express feelings is to risk exposing your true self. To place your ideas, your dreams before a crowd is to risk their loss. To love is to risk not being loved in return. To live is to risk dying. To hope is to risk despair. To try is to risk failure. The person who risks nothing, does nothing, has nothing, and is nothing. They may avoid suffering and sorrow, but they simply cannot learn, feel, change, grow, love, or live. Risks must be taken because the greatest hazard in life is to risk nothing. Only the person who risks, or only the person who humbles himself, only the person who puts their pride on the line is truly free. See, what, what, what you've got to understand, there's only two ways. There's only, uh, it's either God's way or our way. It's not like, well, uh, my way and I'll take a little bit of God. No, no, the kingdom of God. It's either God's way, it's God's way, God's way or my way. God's way. Uh, uh, you know, when it comes to even our thoughts, you know, Isaiah chapter 55 puts it this way. He says, seek the Lord while he, you can find him, call on him while he's near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he might have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will forgive generously. Some of you need to hear that today. You know, whatever you've done, whatever you've been through, if you turn to God, he will forgive what? Generously. Generously. It goes on. Listen to what it says. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. Nothing like. That's why, you know, people who think God doesn't like the same people they don't like, they've created a God in their own image. God likes, even loves the people that you don't like. 
My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So, so, so you've got to get this. It, it, there's God's way, God's way, God's way, or my way. It's not a combination of both. You know, the kingdom of God it has its own health and safety policy. Here's the health and safety policy in the kingdom of God. You ready for it? Is denying yourself and following Jesus. That's the safest way to live. Denying, dying to yourself. That's health and safety in the kingdom of God. And following Jesus. You know, when you go on a bushwalk or a tramp, you know, they always say keep on the track. You know, there's, there's no shortcuts. Don't take the shortcuts. I, I want to say when it comes to the kingdom, uh, there's no shortcuts. There's no way around the cross. Come on, I, I don't want to preach a message on a whole lot of self-help. Because there's no help unless you go through the cross. Unless you die to yourself. Uh, unless you, you, know, you get rid of your pride and you humble yourself. There's no life. There's no freedom. There's no joy. There's nothing. Well, You've you got to go through the cross. Because the power of the gospel is in the message of the cross. It's in, the, it's in our dying to self. And when we die to self, it's then we truly live. See, uh, when it comes to kingdom living and apprehending the kingdom, uh, the kingdom and your pride cannot coexist. They, they cannot coexist. And, and pride is what humility isn't. And in a lot of places, we don't understand how dangerous pride is. This is dangerous. But also, we, we don't understand how powerful humility is. It's so powerful. Humility is a powerful force. You know, there's a universal law that, that Jesus introduced. And, and he talked about it twice and you know, it's throughout the Bible in many different places, but I just quickly want to identify it in Matthew chapter 23, verse 12, it says, and this law, you've got to understand, is at work in your life right now. Whatever you're up against, this law is at work in your life right now. Listen to this. It says, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This comes directly from the lips of Jesus. So it's important. Uh, you can say it this way. Uh, you can say it, the way up is down. Or the way down is up. If we want to go up, we must start by going down. If we start by going up, we'll end up going down. Yeah, how many would agree uh, humility is attractive? Come on, any, anybody agree with that? You know, we're endeared to humility. It's, it's endearing, it's admired. When somebody you know, is not puffed up, uh, when, when somebody's not self-conceited, uh, all about themselves, self-centered. You know, humility draws people in. Humility has grace attracted to it. You know, pride, on the other hand, that's a repellent. Pride, you're blinded. 
And you can't see past self. You know, you, 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 you're full of yourselves. You're up yourself. You, it's like, well, you know, a little bit, but not. But, but pride, it's a put off. But how often do we maintain it? Oh, my pro- I've got to look after me. But if you don't humble, if you, you exalt yourself, you'll be humble. But those who humble themselves will be exalted. And here's the thing. Pride manifests itself in different ways. Uh, one of the ways it masks itself is in self-preservation or self-reliance. Yeah, you know, a lot of us, uh, we're living cautious right now. We're, we're not doing the thing that God's told us to do. Uh, we're living cautious rather than convinced. How many know the early church weren't cautious? They risked everything, life, reputation, persecution, possessions for what they believed in. There, there was no self-preservation, self-comfort there. They, they were prepared to put it all on the line. And, and so you and I are called to do that. And that's where we've got to go, it's not about me. You know, again, it's amazing how, how many people think, you know, when you talk about pride, they're, they're proud that they don't have pride. But I, I want to suggest today in the kingdom, you've got to understand, it takes a strong person to humble themselves. And just quickly, to finish off this message, we're going to look at the life of Peter. How many know Peter's a good dude? I like Peter because he didn't sit back and just observe. He was in the middle of everything, even though he was creating big messes. Uh, but, but Peter, just an everyday, ordinary guy, you know, normal guy, but, but he wanted to follow Jesus, wanted to give us all, but he, he tripped up uh, time and time again. And we're going to look at, at, at where he tripped up. And uh, we're going to see that, that his pride was trusting in his own strength. You know, some of us right now, we're sitting in this room, oh, I don't need to hear a message like this. I got this. I can do this. You know, that's all right. I got it sorted. You know, it's all right. Life's good right now. Good. Yeah, I don't need to lean into God. I don't need to pray. I, you know, I don't need to worship, you know, that it's good. Family's good. Wife's good. Kids good. You know, I've got money in the bank. You know, it's good. I, I'm all good. I, I don't need anything right now. But, but pride comes when you trust in your own strength. I can do this. I got this. This was a classic for Peter. You know, listen to what Jesus said in Mark chapter 14. We pick it up. It says, Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For as written, I'll strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I've been raised, I'll go before you to Galilee. And Peter said, even if all are made to stumble, yet I will not be. Not me. You know, I can stand in Jesus Said to him, surely I say to you today, even this night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he spoke more vehemently. He said, if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. I think Jesus was saying, hey, Peter, what part of all do you not understand? All of you will be made to stumble. Peter says, no, 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 not me. 
these weaklings over here, these guys, they'll stuff up, but not me. I'm, I'm with you all the way. And Jesus said, let me tell you, you're going to do it tonight and you're going to do it three, t- three times. And again, Peter goes, no, nah, not me. And Jesus is saying, hey, there's a scripture in the Old Testament that says you will. And Peter's again, no, nah, the Bible's wrong. <laughs> How many know there's pride right there? Okay, can I show you a little bit more? You know, here's Peter. Again, it says, from that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and raised, raised on the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebu- rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. How many know you've got to be feeling pretty good about yourself to rebuke Jesus? Now, now listen to Jesus. He said, but he turned, to, turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You're an offense to me, for you're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. Man, if that doesn't open your eyes. Jesus looked at a man and he said, right into his eyes and said, get behind me, Satan. Do you know what pride does? It opens the door for the enemy to come in. It opens the door. And, and right before this, you've you got to understand, Matthew 16, you know, Peter had just confessed, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. You, know, you are now Peter. So, so Jesus had just changed his name from Simon to Peter. You know, and Peter's going, man, I got it. I got it right. All the other guys got it wrong. I got it right. You know, I know Jesus. And, uh, you know, he's changed his name from Simon to Peter. Now he calls him Satan. <laughs> Peter's probably thinking, I like Peter better. <laughs> you know, it, it was one moment of, of spiritual height. Well, I got this God deal sorted out, you know. I had a revelation of Jesus. But in the next moment, he goes to pride, and Jesus is calling him Satan. God, it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. You're not immune from this. And it's arrogance when we trust in our own strength, when we trust on, on, on yesterday's revelation. Oh, well, I know the gospel. I grew up in Sunday school. I know it, I heard it before. You know, I've got enough to get by, but we're still not pursuing and going after God. You know, it's arrogance to trust in your own strength. Do you, do you realize when they came to arrest Jesus, one of the disciples cut off a soldier's ear? Take a guess who it was. <laughs> Peter. Do you know why he cut off his ear? Because he missed his head. And there was a whole garrison of soldiers there, perhaps over 100 soldiers. And, and Peter's going, man, I'm going to take on the whole lot all by myself, all 100. I'm going to go Rambo on these guys. Yeah, and he was like, he was trusting in his own strength. Yeah, in one moment, he's, he's wanting to take on a whole lot of soldiers, but he, pride opens the door, the enemy comes in, and then he does something totally out of character. He denies Jesus to a waitress. You know, one moment he's like, man, I'm going to die. Enemy comes in pride. Next minute he's denying Jesus. He's come under the influence and pride opened the door. 
You've got to understand, many mature believers fall into this trap. See, when you walk with God for a long time, you can be in danger of trusting what you know, trusting your own strength to resist temptation. You can go through a difficult patch and you can start isolating. Oh, that's stronger stuff. I don't need to go to stronger. Come on, guys are good at isolating themselves. I, I got this down. I can do this by myself. No, God's put us in a community. And it's in the community we discover more of God. You can't do this by yourself. We need one another. That's why depression is so rampant today because the enemy knows what it is to isolate people. And humility says, I need this. I need this. My family needs this. Needs to be in the house of God. I, I need to, to daily commune with God. I can't go a, a week without God. Don't trust in your own strength. See, when we don't have a devotion in the morning, yeah, you're saying to God, what you're saying is, I got this day. I'm all sorted. I'm, a, I'm good, God. You know, if I fall in, have a little bit of a problem, I'll come to you. But otherwise, I'm good. That's why Paul said to the Corinthians church, he said, therefore, let him who thinks he can stand take heed. Take heed this morning, lest he fall. What's the series all about? It's simply about having a God dependence. Because pride is living independent of God. Humility is about depending on God. Humility is saying, I can't do this. I'm going right now oh, all the time. I can't do this, God. I need you to be able to lead this church into its future. God, I can't do this. I can't. I need you right now. God, I've got this dream in my heart. It's far beyond my resources, my capability. I know you've placed it. I can't do this. Come on, some of you in the business world, you know, it's like you've got this thing in your heart, God's put it there, and you're going, oh, I'm all right. No, you can't do it. You can't do it when it comes to even your marriage. Oh, our marriage is good. No, no, you need God. You need to say, help me. I've got a pride problem. I, I can't do this. I need you, Jesus, in my marriage. I need you in my relationships. God, I need you. I, I need you. Uh, without you, I'm stuffed. And it's that, see, see, humility, you've got to understand, is our responsibility. Can I just quickly take you back to Matthew 23? It says, listen to this, it says, whoever humbles themselves will be exalted. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled. No, no, it's humble themselves. Humbles themselves. Whoever exalts themselves will be humbled. Yeah, let's just quickly flick over to 1 Peter chapter 5. Here's some good instruction for each and every one of us. It says, all of you. Yeah, that includes you. You're not the exception. <laughs> all of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another. Toward one another. God opposes the proud, but shows, there it is again. He opposes the proud. It shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God that he may lift you up in due time. In due time. 
Now, I can't ask somebody else to do it for me. I've got to take responsibility. I've got to clothe like I got dressed this morning. I chose what I wear. No, Kathy didn't dress me. Uh, No wonder. Uh, But, you know, it's like you choose what you put on. You've got to dress yourself. You've got to clothe yourself in humility. And humility is acknowledging your need. Now, now often God will create circumstances in order to help you humble yourself. You know, if you exalt yourself, you will be humbled. But just because you're being humbled doesn't mean you have humility. I want to say that again. Just because you've been humbled doesn't mean you have humility. Some of you are not getting out. I want to show you just quickly in Deuteronomy, and then we're going to close up, all right? If we could have the musicians up. Let's go. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2 to 3. It says, speaking to the Israelites, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way into the wilderness these 40 years to humble. So he took them through the wilderness. Why did he take them through the wilderness? To humble them and to test you in order to know what was in your heart whether or not you would keep his commandments. He, what did he do? He humbled you, causing you to hunger. So, 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 so wherever there's humility, there's hunger. Uh, wherever there's humility, hunger is there. Some of us uh, come into church and, and, and we're waiting to be impressed. I wonder what, if we came in with humility, would hunger hunger would go after. Humility hungers. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you or your ancestors had known, to teach you that a man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, what was God doing? God was dealing with the Israelites' pride. And he had created a special situation to deal with their pride. And what he did was he put them in the wilderness so that they would learn to be dependent on him. That's what he did. He he put them there so they wouldn't depend on anything around them, their positions. They'll depend on him. And sometimes God will do that with you and I. He, he, He will put us in a situation where the only thing you can trust, the only person you can trust is God. Now, a reasonable response for them would be to acknowledge their dependence. But isn't it interesting that a whole generation missed the lesson? A whole generation died in the wilderness. God brought them to a place where they were dependent on Him, but they didn't acknowledge. In fact, they complained and they did a whole lot of other stuff. And they never humbled themselves, which stopped them going into the promised land. See, although God humbled them, they didn't humble themselves. Even though God gave them answers, delivered them from many tight spots, and they would never have survived without Him, they never humbled themselves. I know people in church, you know, come to church, get answers. They find themselves in tight spots, desperate, and in the moment they call out to God, God answers them. 
And, and while they were in the tight spots, they were humbled, but they never humbled themselves. Humility is a decision of our will. And our hunger reveals the humility of our heart. Our hunger. Come on, could it be today we're not as hungry for God as we need to be? God's on the back burner. It's a sideshow. Definitely not the main event. You know, it, it's somewhere over there where, you know, I dial 111 when I've got an emergency. But He's not the air we breathe. We're not living in constant dependence. And that's why we're missing grace. Grace opens doors. Grace brings His favor. Some of us have been knocking. God's saying, hey, if you just humble yourself. And I believe as a church, if we just humble ourselves, say, God, we can't do this next season without you. We're thankful for what you've done, but we need you more than ever before. God, we're going to push aside every religious notion and we're going to go after you. Whether there would trigger something. They'll open the doors that will bring about the dream that we'll believe for a long time. Pride. Help me. I got a pride problem. Come on, how many of you just feel, even in this moment, that spotlight of heaven just shone on and said, Oh, maybe I'm a little bit more proud than I choose to acknowledge. And say, God, I, I want to humble myself that I might experience your grace and your freedom. How about standing to your feet right across this room? It's kind of a little bit somber in this app. <laughs> Here's the deal today. If you've done something wrong, if you haven't responded rightly, don't draw away from Jesus. So many people do stuff wrong and then they run a million miles. Don't run from Jesus, run to Him. Come on, recognize that you can't hide from God. You can't hide from Him. People are running, I'm running away from you. And God's there, He's there, He's there, He's everywhere. The best thing you can do when you've done something wrong, when you're stuffed up, when you made a mistake, is run to Jesus. Come on, don't let the devil trap you in and ensnare you any longer. Come on. If you're in, in a hole, the worst thing you can do is, is keep digging. You know, people, when they're in a hole, sometimes they dig, but then they invite others to come in the hole and help them dig. And two can dig faster than one. And it's like, create a bigger mess. Come on, God wants to break through in this space. And here's the deal. God is good at helping people who don't deserve it. I want to say that again. God is good at helping people who don't deserve it. 
See, your pride would say you need to deserve it. I need to deserve it. And so I'm not good enough for God. And in your pride, you run away. But humility is recognizing that God is good. Come on, God is so good at helping people who don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But God, you say it's on offer. So I receive it. I humble myself and I agree with you.